Welcome to The Well, a podcast all about living wisely and faithfully as a follower of Christ. The goal? To give you guidance, food for thought, and to encourage you as you engage the people and situations that you encounter daily. Now, here's your host, Sean Barkley. Well, it's the first Saturday in May, and where I'm from, that means Kentucky Derby, and it's a beautiful day, and there's no Derby, of course, this year, at least not in May. They claim we'll be watching the horses run in September. I'm not exactly sure about that, but I'm hopeful. But (laughs) I'm kind of laughing right now because as I look outside, it's going to be a high of 80 degrees where I am, and it's going to be similar in Louisville. Sunny skies, a few little clouds kind of passing by. And for the past umpteen years, the Kentucky Derby has been run in the mud and slop and rain. And here we are, a beautiful day, no Kentucky Derby. But that's okay. By the way, my name is Sean, as you know, and thanks so much for being a part of this podcast. Feel free to share it. Feel free to reach out to me if you've got any observations or questions. I'm always kind of open to that. I'd like to hear from you. So one of my favorite books that I've read in the last three years was David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell. Have you read that? Really good. It's, it's one of those books where he kind of makes a point, and then he just tells stories around that point. And so after a while, you kind of say, okay, I get it. But it's still, the stories are interesting. They're fun to read, and I just like the book. I actually read it before I started serving the church I'm currently serving. I had a week off between saying goodbye to one church and hello to another one. I thought, I'm going to be really, really busy when I get started at this new place. And so what can I read just to sort of clear my mind and enjoy And uh, not that I don't enjoy being here, I love being here, but it was the book I chose. And really, it's, it's a book that's kind of undergirded a lot of what I've done since I've been here. One of the stories that Gladwell tells in David and Goliath is about a man named Vivek Ranadive. He's from Mumbai, and he is a Silicon Valley executive living out in Redwood City, California. Redwood, California. I can't remember if it's Redwood City or just Redwood. And he volunteered to coach a 12-year-old girl's basketball team. The girls on his team were not skilled. They were not experienced. They were not basketball players, but they were energetic and athletic. And so, of course, when you look at the situation, these 12-year-old girls are at a huge disadvantage because they don't even really know how to play basketball. Well, Vivek not knowing a lot about American basketball, decided he would read the rules. How many coaches sit down and read the rules, especially junior coaches? And he noticed that in the rules, players were permitted to play defense the entire length of the court. It's called a full court press. And as he watched American basketball and watched these other teams play, he wondered, how come they only defend 20 out of the 90 feet of the court? And so he said, well, even though it's just not done, that's what we're going to do. And so his team became known for, quote, pressing other teams. And even though they had very little talent and very little ability, they went on to the U.S. Junior National Basketball Championships. An amazing story. What happened was he saw their disadvantage as actually being an advantage. And that's basically the premise of Gladwell's book. Often when we look at something and see ourselves at a disadvantage, we can actually be at an advantage. And those around us who seem to be strong actually might be weak. And so he uses the story of David and Goliath to illustrate this. If you don't have time to read that book, go to TED Talks. 
because Gladwell's TED Talk on David and Goliath lasts about 15-20 minutes, and you can kind of get the whole gist of what he's saying. But you remember the story set 3,000 years ago. Uh, the people of God, the Israelites, are being threatened by the Philistines. And the Israelites and the Philistines are on opposite hills in this great valley. And so there's the valley, just imagine the valley floor. And on either side of the valley floor, there are these armies that have amassed on these hillsides. And they don't really want to fight each other because if one goes into the valley and becomes the aggressor, well, they're at a huge disadvantage, right? Because just the laws of gravity and, and vision would say that if you can be on the hill looking down at another army, you're at a huge advantage. So they just sat there and stared at each other. Now, in those days, there was a practice where in order to, sh to spare people a great deal of bloodshed, an army would send a representative to fight a representative from another army. And whoever won that battle that army would be the victor. And so that was kind of a nice way to, to do it, unless you were the person who was volunteered. And so they were kind of looking at all these possibilities. The Philistines had a man named Goliath, nine feet tall, just an absolute giant, a seasoned warrior. The Israelites had no one. And so they just sat there and kind of watched Goliath every day come down and say, who's going to come out here and fight me? And the Israelites were like, not me. I'm not going down there. And so finally, one day, this shepherd boy named David was told by his dad, hey, will you go take some of this food to your brothers? You know, we think that Uber Eats and Domino's started food delivery. No, 3,000 years ago, there's food delivery. He says, hey, go take this food to your brothers. They're on the front lines. So David goes up to the front lines, delivers the food, and then he hears this Goliath basically insulting the Israelites, insulting the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, insulting the people of God, and no one wants to fight him. Everybody's dismayed and terrified, and finally David says, hey, I'll fight him. Well, he's 12 years old. He can't fight this great giant, but he persists. Hey, if you'll let me, I'll just go out there and take care of him. And so finally the king of the Israelites, Saul, who was a great big man, said, all right, well, if you want to go do it, go for it. No one else wants to. And Saul says, but why don't you wear my armor? So David tries to put Saul's armor on, and it, it doesn't fit him. It's like a little kid wearing his dad's clothes. And so David says, listen, I don't need your armor. Let me just do this my way. And so he goes into the floor of the valley, grabs five smooth stones, his slingshot, and heads to take on the giant. Well, Goliath sees David approaching and says, well, what is this? Is this some kind of joke? And so as they prepare to engage one another in the fight, David pulls out his slingshot puts one of these smooth stones, probably about the size of a tennis ball, into the slingshot, whirls it around, rolls it around, releases one of the cords. The rock hits Goliath in the forehead, either kills him or knocks him out. David runs up, takes his sword, and kills Goliath. David didn't even have a sword himself. And the Philistines, they all just run. <laughs> they just go crazy, and they leave. And of course, from that moment, David becomes the future king of Israel. You see, David in that story did something that just wasn't done. That took a lot of courage. It took a lot of faith in God. Uh, but his courage and his faith led to a great blessing in his life and in the lives of many. And so where I'm going with this today is you and I have giants in our lives that we face. A giant would be a situation or an issue that we have that kind of towers over us like a huge giant and casts a shadow on our lives. It covers us in a shadow of, you name it, confusion, uncertainty, fear, dread, doubt, whatever that might be. And so a lot of us are feeling like we're facing giants right now, coming out of this, so we pray, national emergency. 
we've got these giants that we have to face. We have a, a I'm going to say a seventh grader in the church that I serve, and he has kept a running list on a piece of paper on his wall in his bedroom of all the things that have been canceled that he would have done. So I was joking about the Kentucky Derby. It's been canceled. It's no joke. <laughs> I mean, I'm missing that. So let me ask you a question. What do you do when the challenges, the issues in your life seem to be 10 feet tall? I mean, how do you handle that? I think we can learn from David. I mean, it's a classic story. I've often used in kind of a non-faith context. We say David and Goliath, kind of like an underdog facing someone at a great advantage. Sort of like the story of the Good Samaritan has been used secularly to talk about somebody who does something good. What do you and I do when we have a Goliath in our life and we're like David? Let me give you some thoughts. Because the story of David and Goliath, and as I read Gladwell's book, it challenged my assumptions about giants. Typically, you and I, when we look at David and Goliath, we see David, a 12-year-old shepherd boy, at a huge disadvantage. It'd be like a sixth grader playing one-on-one -on -one basketball against LeBron James. It just couldn't work. But the truth is, was David really at a disadvantage in that fight? Of course he was if they were going to arm wrestle. He was at a disadvantage if they were going to box or have some kind of wrestling match. The assumption was that David would engage Goliath in hand-to-hand -hand combat. But David took a different approach and used a skill that Goliath knew nothing about. Now, if you watch Gladwell's TED Talk, you'll learn that in ancient days, these shepherds were amazingly precise with their sling. Ancient tapestries feature shepherds hitting birds in flight with stones from their sling. Researchers, according to Gladwell, in Israel have discovered that these shepherds could sling a rock at a speed of 100 feet per second. And so... It was a lethal weapon that he had. Goliath was looking for a wrestling match. He had no idea what hit him, literally. The giant was no match for a person empowered by God to look at the challenge differently. And so I'm going to kind of work through some thoughts with you about this. One of my favorite authors puts it this way. It takes a Goliath to make a David. Let that sink in for a moment. It takes a Goliath to make a David. I mean, before he faced the giant, who was David? Twelve years old, obscure, untested, untapped. No one knew a thing about him. He was like an afterthought in his family. The story is told that when Samuel, the prophet, came to look for the, new, the next king, he went to David's dad, Jesse, and said, hey, let me see your sons. And, and David's dad didn't even invite David to the party. I mean, David was just totally excluded. But once he faced the giant... He started down the road of being Israel's greatest king. It was through the test of the giant that he discovered what he was made of. It was through the test of the giant that others discovered what he was made of. It was through the test of the giant that David learned to lean on God even more. He learned that our Lord, the sovereign God of the universe, is greater than any giant that we face. I mean, David said it himself in the text. The battle belongs to the Lord. And so it's not, it wasn't a fight between David and Goliath. It was a fight between Goliath and God. And so could I encourage you to hold on to that? When you see that large shadow being cast over your life, the battle belongs not to you but to God. And we learn to embrace that and to trust that. Let's, go, let's keep going. I want to read a verse from 1 Samuel chapter 17. 
on hearing the Philistines' words, Goliath's words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. So picture this. There's that great giant in the valley floor yelling up the hillside, hey, send somebody down here. And when they heard his voice, they were dismayed and terrified. They listened to the giant. So who are you listening to in your life? If you and I are listening to the giant issue, challenge, whatever that might be, we can become dismayed and terrified. I mean, last week in our podcast and in my sermon, we talked about Jesus teaching us to pray, God, deliver us from the evil one. The evil one is also called the accuser. The accuser says you're weak, you're guilty, you're not good enough, you know, you're being accused of something. He's also called the father of lies. A lie would be, hey, God doesn't even know who you are. How could God possibly help or even care about you? That's a lie. Sometimes we find ourselves listening to that voice in our lives. I mean, you and I might have someone who's trying to tear us down or drag us down. Are those the voices that we're listening to, or are we training ourselves to listen to God? I try to start every day by reading God's Word and let that be the first voice that I hear. The kings of Israel, they were given three tasks among many, but their tasks included these three. One, in order to be king, you had to write your own copy of the Torah. You had to write your own handwritten copy of God's law. You had to keep it on your person, and you had to read it every day. And so David did those things, and he knew, eventually, but he ultimately knew that the battle was always going to be between the giant and God. Who are you listening to? Well, as we face our giants, another thing that we find is that David was one who was willing to step forward. No one wanted to be a part of the giant, but, but David did. Verse 48 of 1 Samuel 17, As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly to the battle line to meet Goliath. David made himself available. He did not run from his challenge, but to his challenge. And understand that God uses those of us who are willing and available. And so as we go through these challenging times, I think it's a time that we step forward. When we hear, oh, there's a need, there's an opportunity, we say, okay, God, with your help, I will take it on. You know, those who run marathons will tell you that the toughest step in that 26.2-mile race is the very first one. But that's how it begins. I like to think that as I face giants in my life and face challenges in my life, that I run to them and make myself available so that God can defeat whatever that giant is. It all begins with that first step. I just love the notion of David stepping forward. Don't you? Isn't that great? Well, another insight from the story is that God wants to use us as He created us and where He has placed us. So remember, one of the interesting little facts of the story is that Saul, the king, tried to get David to wear his armor. In fact, let me read it to you. After David tried the armor on, he said to Saul, I cannot go in these because I'm not used to them. In other words, I have not tried this armor on yet. And so he took the armor off, took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch, and with sling in hand approached the Philistine. <laughs> in other words, Saul, this large man, tried to get David to wear his armor. It didn't fit because it was made for Saul, not made for David. It would have been foolish 
for David to use Saul's approach. You see, God wants to use you and me where we are and with what we have. So when we think about dealing with the giants that we face, often we think, you know, what can I get my, to get equipped? What can I, how can I get prepared for that? And we learn from this story, God has already given you and me what we need to do battle against those giants. I mean, I love the story of Moses when he is being called by God to go deliver the people of Israel out of slavery. And Moses is kind of arguing with God saying, I, I just, I can't do this. And he says, how are they going to believe me, God, that, that you're sending me? And God says to Moses, what's in your hand? And he had his staff, much like David had. In other words, God says, you don't have to go somewhere to get what you need for this. I have already placed what you need in your hand. And so like that 12-year-old girls basketball team, you and I have to learn to play to our strengths. And remember that David's courage blessed others. You know who you are. You know what you can do. You and I know what God has equipped in our lives. You know what our gifts are. And I know what my gifts are. God says, use your own armor and don't use someone else's. I just love that image. And so again, just let me reiterate, as you and I think about, oh, I've got this issue, I've got this challenge, it's good to understand that God is with us. It's God's fight, and God has already given us everything we need to do that battle. Mm, that's good news. All right, I'm going to do one more. David remembered who God is and what God had done. I, I just love that image that David remembered the Lord. Verse 37, David basically says to those who are listening, when they say, you can't do this, he said, hey, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. In other words, he recounted God's mighty acts and it stirred his faith and it stirred his trust. You and I know that the God of the universe, the creator of the heavens and earth, sent his son Jesus to die for us. He was raised from the dead and he is with us in spirit right now. That is something that we hold on to and remember. That's a promise that Jesus has made to us and that, and that we know is true. You know, so often we have these short memories because we live in a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately world. We live in a world where a great coach can be fired after one bad season even if he or she won a national championship two years prior because it's what-have-you-done-for-me-lately. We would do well when facing the Giants to just spend some time recounting the faithfulness of God. On Sunday mornings, and I'm about to close now, but on Sunday mornings, when I drive to the church that I serve, I recall every Sunday morning commute that I've had from the different churches that I've served. Because my adult life has been wonderful. It's been also really, really hard at times. And I've been through some things, some of which is self-imposed, that's not easy. And there have been many, many days when I've awakened on a Sunday morning and said, God, I, I just can't do this anymore. I mean, I feel called. I can't do it. And so I just remember the 29 years of ministry. I remember that first church I served in High Point, North Carolina, walking across the playground because I lived on the campus and going to church on Sunday morning. I remember driving by horses playing in the fields in central Kentucky leaving my house and driving to the church. I remember the mature trees in Louisville, Kentucky, in the neighborhood where I lived and just enjoy, and, and enjoyed seeing those houses as I, as I would drive to church. 
In Charlotte, North Carolina, I remember driving by a lake near our home every single Sunday, a small lake in the neighborhood where we lived, and just appreciating that. And today where I am, I, I, I enjoy driving by the, the, the old homes and this beautiful nursery that's close to where we live. And every time I drive to church, I remember God's faithfulness. And it calms me down, and it reminds me that He has been carrying me for a long, long, long time. And so if you're facing a giant in your life, and we all do, why not think about a new approach and see what might be a disadvantage as being an advantage? I hope you have a terrific week, and I look forward to talking with you next time. Bye for now.